This podcast is also part of a pod course, which is available for credit on speechtherapypd.com. All you need to do is register for the course, complete the requirements, and you will receive credit. Speechtherapypd.com is a video continuing education company, a certified ASHA CE provider. First Bite sure does love some freebies, and I grew up loving some coupons. That's my kinfolk's way of saying coupons. I can't even say it correctly. (laughs) And so to start the new year off right, we wanted to do a little give back. So if you head on over to speechtherapypd.com and enter the code FIRSTBITE, not to be confused with the autocorrect of Frostbite, well, then you will find a fabulous $10 off coupon for an annual subscription. That will give you access to all of the one to three hour webinar courses, as well as all the First Byte pod courses for CEUs for an annual membership of only $79. But hey, do you want more? Don't you love that cheesy sales line? I love that cheesy sales line. Okay, well, if you do, you can use that same coupon, First Byte, and access all of the courses on speechtherapypd.com's website for a fabulous deal of $179 a year. Whoop, whoop. So don't forget, plug in the coupon first bite when you check out at the speechtherapypd.com website. Happy listening, y'all. Hi, it's Erin. I'm your regular co-host of First Bite. First of all, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning and listening to First Bite. We've been incredibly encouraged and excited by the feedback we've received and are looking forward to the future. In the meantime, if you've been enjoying First Bite, please take a moment, maybe pause your device to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. This podcast started out as a small idea to bring convenient, tangible resources to SLPs and other professionals, and we value your feedback more than anything. Leaving those reviews truly helps us out. Enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. Hi, I hope that y'all have been enjoying First Bite as much as I've been enjoying making this and doing all the research behind the scenes. I'd love to uh, meet with y'all live and I have some upcoming lecture tours that you can catch me at. And I just wanted to share a little bit in advance so that way you can get it on your calendars. So on April 5th, 2019, I will be at the Arizona Speech Hearing Association in Phoenix And their conference this year is at the Sheraton Crescent Hotel. And on that Friday, I'll be presenting three lectures all around early intervention and pediatric feeding and swallowing. And the following weekend, I'll be at the Minnesota Speech Hearing Association in Bloomington, Minnesota. And I'll be presenting on Friday and Saturday, April 12th and 13th of 2019. And their conference this year is at the Hyatt Regency. So please be sure to stop by and say hi if you're out in Phoenix and or a week later in Bloomington, Minnesota. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to go from hot to cold in about a week's time frame. But whoop, whoop, I will see y'all in the spring. Hi, folks, and welcome to First Bite. Fed, fun, functional resources for the pediatric clinician. I am your host on this nerd venture, Michelle Dawson, MSCCC SLP, the All Things Peds SLP. I am a colleague in the trenches of home health early intervention right there with you. 
I run my own private practice, Heartwood Speech Therapy, in Colatown, South Carolina, and guest lecture nationwide on best practices for early intervention for the medically fragile child. First Bite's mission is short and sweet, to bring light and hope to the world for the pediatric clinician, parent, or advocate. In this podcast, we cover everything from AAC to breastfeeding, best practice for running a private practice, and all the nitty-gritty details involving feeding and swallowing by interviewing the subject matter experts themselves. We bring the data to you. Every fourth episode, I am joined by the lovely Erin Forward, MSP, CF, SLP, a Yankee transplant who actually inspired this journey and who also walks the wild, woolly, and sometimes sticky walk of early intervention with us. Sit back, relax, and watch out for all the squirrels and enjoy this geeky gig brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. Welcome back to First Bite, fed, fun, and functional resources for the pediatric clinician. I am your host, Michelle Dawson, the All Things Peds SLP. The topic of today falls in the fun and functional category, and we are talking all things out of my innate tomboy comfort zone. Drum roll, please. And I totally did that, folks. We are tackling leadership, etiquette, and style for the modern SLP. Trust me, I felt all of the worrisome sighs, envisioned the quick and guilty brush of your hair over your shoulder that was joined by the thought, wait, did I like actually brush my hair this morning before it went in the obligatory ponytail? As well as the bigger gut-wrenching thought, me, can I actually be a leader? Well, banish the sigh, worry about the hair later, and take a deep and optimistic breath because yes, you can be the leader our field needs. I am joyfully excited to introduce our beautiful speaker, Mrs. Trevor Graves, MA, CCC, SLP, a woman who is honestly as beautiful outside as the light that she carries around on her inside. I first met Trevor almost two years ago when we were placed in the same small cohort breakout group for the ASHA Leadership Development Program. Also, squirrel, shout out to the source, ladies. All right, back on track. Let me be perfectly honest. Trevor walks, talks, and is the epitome of a leader. And me, yeah, I'm so kind of totally the happy-go-lucky and quirky leader sidekick. But I can honestly say that she has mentored my soul more than she knows since we first met. I have sat back in awe as she held meetings through strep throat with like literally every hair in place and encouraged me by sharing her day-to-day stories. And that that inspired me that I can too look the part of the leader, even with small children at home. And I can also learn to slow down and enjoy the journey of leading. Trevor, I'm like totally not quite sure if you know how much I girl crush you. So there it is. And now that I'm embarrassed, um, please tell us, how did you end up doing the amazing things you are doing? Oh my gosh, Michelle, that was quite the introduction for me. Thank you so much. And yes, Yes, you can actually be a leader, even with a ponytail and staying up till 2 a.m. with your kids, sleeping in the race car bed at night. I mean, we all have to pull it together somehow, right? 
<laughs> yes. Now, now, if you can, if you can fix middle age um, pimples to match the gray hair, then girl, I got it made. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I want to thank you so much for having me on your show today. This is um, really exciting for me. Uh, And hopefully you will see that um, or hear that I really love what I do. And uh, I've kind of taken a different different, uh, way into what I'm doing as an SLP today. So it's probably not the norm, maybe for many of you, but... Uh, my business has certainly evolved and changed as I uh, since I began five years ago. Uh, so, anyway, a little bit about me. Uh, well, I am from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and born and raised South Dakota girl, living in Iowa now. Actually, um, I went to school at the University of South Dakota back in the '90s, and uh, have a business degree and then went back to school and got my master's in speech pathology. Uh, I've worked in everything from schools to hospitals, uh, skilled nursing facilities, and now primarily focus in the business sector, which is something that I absolutely love. So uh, I've been a practicing speech pathologist for my gosh, it's been 23 years now. I don't know where the time goes, but it goes quick. And I wanted to do something a little bit different. I was getting a little antsy um, in, in, my, in my job. I was working in a school and still do some consulting in that area. But I really wanted to do something different. And I have this background in image and fashion, and and also have some background in leadership and leadership facilitation. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me interject. You're selling yourself short. Oh. Did you miss Iowa? <laughs> well, yes, well? I was that too along the way. Uh, and yeah, okay, that's that's a big deal. As well as, I mean, there there it is, guys. <laughs> she can she can rock the image. She represented the state. So, okay. No, yes. And, you know, what a perfect avenue for uh, learning more about communication and getting up in front of people and talking and presenting myself. And and, and these are all things that I work on with my clients today. Uh, So that definitely, in a roundabout sort of way, helped me uh, in my own communication skills and um, being the speaker that I am today. So very fun for me to do. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Nice. And, and when I met, you were setting up an act or when we met, you were setting up an accent modification program for a local, um, yes. Uh, yes. System. Um, so I met you, you talked about that a little bit through the leadership development program through ASHA and, uh, one of the requirements of that class was to put together a, a project that that you could work on and present. And my project was setting up a foreign accent reduction program in a hospital. And that um, really was something that I've always wanted to do. Um, it was a huge undertaking. But I became a preferred trainer 
through LDS and Associates in California a few years ago and just had never done anything with it. Um, I, it just kind of sat there. And as I, as I was getting a little antsy in my career, I needed to kind of, you know, change things up a bit. Um, I decided to really focus on promoting my foreign accent reduction services and uh, set up a program with a, um, actually, it's a global hospital network now. And uh, I'm working with physicians and healthcare executives with, with um, accents. And so that's been really exciting. So, yeah, I mean, just, just a lot going on, uh, which I love. I'm kind of a multitasker, so I've kind of got lots of things going um, at the same time. I do some public speaking. Um, I help people with uh, their corporate image and presenting themselves. Uh, you know, how do we network? How do we handshake? How do we... Um, build those skills for leadership opportunities um, in our lives. And um, that's really what I'm all about. I'm, I'm all about um, helping people present themselves in the best way possible and working with them on their communication skills uh, to, to have the most impact in whatever they do. And that includes being a speech pathologist and running your own practice and looking for those opportunities in the future that, who knows, you may be a leader, not only in your own company, but, you know, maybe consulting for other companies and teaching them how to be leaders. Okay. Well, that's, that's like the most perfect segue into the question. So thank <laughs> you, friends. You like did my job for me. Okay. All right. All right. So let me preface my questions with this notion. Um, our field is predominantly female. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I mean, I fair to say it's probably in the 90 percentile or more that we're females, right? But a lot of the executive levels in the rehab world, as well as like um, principals and superintendents within the school districts, um, they tend to be disproportionately male. So, and, you know, I did gear this lecture towards the females in the room. So gentlemen, if you're listening, I apologize. I'll have to do a separate one for the males. Um, but with that in mind, can you start with talk to me about the three strongest qualities that you feel women leaders need to bring to the table in order to advance professionally as a leader? Like if you could rank them, what's, what's your top three and why? Yes, yes. Well, first, let's just think about what is leadership, because leadership can mean something different to everyone. When I think of leadership, I think about it in terms of um, using your greatness to achieve and ex sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging greatness in others. So it's not a me attitude. It's definitely a we attitude. So you have to kind of start thinking about, about leadership in, in that sort of way. And developing leaders today is the number one talent challenge facing most organizations today. So the need to build leaders is, is, a, is a huge need wherever you, wherever you work. So let's think about how do we build leadership skills as a woman? And one of the things that I think about is 
And, and what I want you to think about is how do you anticipate change? Because that is really, really important. Um, I think to improve your leadership presence, you have to be able to make the tough calls and do things differently. Um, there's that old saying, if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always gotten. So you have to have the power to shape your future. And as we know, change is happening all the time. So do you have the ability to make those tough calls and maybe do things differently and not worry so much about, uh, you know, keeping everybody happy because sometimes that's just not possible. So attitude and behavior um, in how you do this is really, really important. So it's anticipating change is really our number one skill that I talk about and share with others when we talk about leadership. Okay. So that, that gives me to a thought and I'm throwing you a curveball here, but do you see a difference in generations and their ability to accept um, and prepare for change? Do you see, I mean, like I am technically a millennial by like, I don't know what anomaly that is. <laughs> like I, I'm that microcosm between Gen X and a millennial, which means I don't really fit anywhere in the world because I'm kind of homeless because I don't know. I made an Instagram video movie feed. I don't even know the words I'm using and I don't know how I did it. <laughs> so again, I, I was like, wait, what? Somebody likes my movie or whatever it's called. So I'm not technically a millennial, but do you see a difference in how the generations anticipate well, change? Well, yes. Yeah, so so I'm a Gen Xer and I'm an early Gen Xer. Um, so I I was born in the, in the mid 60s. So you when you think about the workplace today, we have three generations right now working in the workplace. So we've got our baby boomers, our Gen Xers, our millennials, and then up and coming now, I believe they're called Gen Zers, Gen Zs. And so, and I, and it's hard for me to even keep up with all of it, but but our, our baby boomers are, and even our Gen Xers, you know, the way they want to communicate is more face-to-face -face meetings and phone calls. And our millennials and, and now our Gen Zers, you know, they're fine with just a text message. They don't need to have those face-to-face -face meetings. Just shoot me a text and I'll do it. Um, so there's different ways in the communication that I've noticed um, is, is really prevalent in the workplace today. So that's just an example. But yes, definite, definite generational uh, discrepancies between all of the, all of the generations. Okay. So anticipating change is a notion that we need to, anticipating change and how to navigate change and inherent with that, the ability to make the tough call and make the decision are two really strong qualities. And you said attitude and behavior. And my interpretation, and I'm not the, the, the guru that you are in this, but my interpretation of attitude and behavior is, for lack of a better term, stage oh. presence, mm -hmm. if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Well, I've always felt like your attitude always precipitates your behavior. 
So if you, if you have a good attitude going into your day, you're probably going to have a good day. But if you wake up and you've got, you know, you're just, you're crabby and you've got all these things to do and you start your day off in a negative way, your behavior is going to, to show in that. So always think about attitude precipitating behavior and try to start your day with a better attitude uh, because your behavior and it's in even in in your etiquette and how you treat other people too um, I always say I have this little saying you know wipe your feet at the front door every morning don't bring all that negativity and you know poor attitude into the workplace wipe your feet leave it outside um, try to start your day um, you know fresh and as positive as you can. And I know that's hard. I know that's really hard sometimes, but, but keep up a good attitude. No, that's basically what you just said is that my grandma from down in the Valley in the middle of nowheresville, Covington, Stewart's draft, Virginia was absolutely <laughs> right. When she said, choose joy every morning, little yes. one, you got to choose joy. But, um, I mean, she might have said that with a pat on the bum as, you know, she like shoves us out the door to get on the school bus. But yeah. like, this is, you wrap it in a fancier package, but yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The patients that I treat, I can tell you right now, if I don't choose joy in the morning, my special babies, man, they pick it up and give me the business every single therapy session. So you're spot on choosing choosing joy, but let your wipe your feet. I love that. I might put that... Oh, I'm going to add that to my emails. Wipe your feet at the front door Wipe before you leave. I like that. Yes, yes. And I even, when I, when I give talks on, on attitude, um, I have this little card that I give all of my participants. And this card says, wipe your feet at the front door. And I tell them, put it in your cubicle, on your mirror, hang it on your refrigerator, put it in your car. Let it be a constant reminder to um, leave the bad attitude out of the workplace. Um, and it, it, it seems to make a difference. It makes a difference for me. I have my grandma's smiley face pen on my um, visor. And I hear her words in my head. And when I get stressed, because I, I mean, I do home health, I'm traveling between patient, patients' houses and sure. I flip the visor down and I'm like, I see you old woman. <laughs> it's like right, right, right. I mean, we, we may all have that patient or that child or that client where you're just, oh gosh, I really have to get through this. Um, and that's where the attitude, you know, the joy and, and, and leading by grace uh, really needs to shine through in those difficult moments when you've got those difficult clients to see. No, you're spot on. Okay. All right. So we talked about the three qualities that women leaders need to bring to the table. Um, and I'm thinking right now, one that I, I struggle with is, um, I guess it would be decision fatigue. Sometimes I have so much on my plate. I have no idea how it gets there. Not that I'm type A or anything. And I get exhausted from having to make decisions sometimes. So I know that's a professional holdback for me. But 
What do you feel are the three largest holdbacks that you run into with women that um, the presenting um, or completing that prevents them from being a successful leader? And I mean, it's not just enough to point it out, but how do we actually work to fix that? Well, one of the biggest holdbacks, I think, for women is confidence. And unfortunately, women are more prone to lack of confidence than men. And it always starts through self-efficacy and self-esteem. So the self-efficacy part of it is you must believe that if you work hard, you're going to achieve your goals. So it's that mindset. The other part of confidence is through self-esteem. And that's what we think and feel about ourselves. And this pre- predicts our, our job performance. It, it could even affect our academic achievements and even our, our personal habits. So how do you get confidence? And that's a question I get all of the time. And you really have to believe that you are valuable and capable. You need to picture your success. So what I do sometimes when I'm off on a speaking engagement, I actually will sit in my car. I will crank up the music on some, you know, happy song that I love. It's probably something by the Bee Gees. And I know that that is totally aging me, but I love disco. And (laughs) so I, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, this music, it's pepping me up. I'm, you know, getting excited because you never, ever want to practice negative self-talk. You want to give yourself a positive pep talk and believe that you're going to, you know, I'm going to rock this presentation or I'm going to, you know, rock whatever it is that I'm off to do. So picture your success and always believe that you can improve because having a growth mindset when it comes to confidence is really important. I mean, I've given, I, I can remember a speech I gave a few months back and I felt like it just didn't go right. I may have had 30 great speeches before that, but I think about that one that didn't go right. And, and that's, that's, you know, our brain is wired, unfortunately, for negative thoughts. Um, and so I, I got to let that one go and just think about all the great ones that I gave, you know, prior to that. Um, so I always believe that I can improve. And sometimes when I, I, I tell people too, you know, you have to practice failure. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you, if you fail or if you're practicing failure, like you're trying something and maybe, you know, you might not be successful at, at it, but you keep trying and trying, you'll eventually respond better to those setbacks through the power of failure. And, and I know that's kind of nuts, but it's, it's actually very true. I, I literally had that happen today. We, um, we have had, um, we've tried to get creative and engaging our membership and our state association. And we tried something new and creative to engage membership and nobody signed up for the extra thing that we offered. And me a year ago, would have been like utterly devastated and taken it personally. And then me now is like, Hey, it was something completely new. You know, it didn't work, but we could try it again in six months and see what happens. But, um, that's, 
you're you're so very very correct in that and you said something that struck such a deep chord um i mean i have always been very honest about being a domestic abuse survivor from my ex-husband but because of the verbal abuse um nobody can see the scars that i carry and you know, I'm happily remarried and he's delightful and wonderful and all the feels, but like, you know, my husband is always very much like, baby, you got to let it go. You can't see how you really are. I mean, I have body dysmorphia and I have, um, tremendous self-doubt and anxiety. So I am literally my own worst enemy. And in my head, more often than not telling myself, oh my gosh, that was horrible. Why did I say that on that last podcast interview? I used the word <laughs> um too many times. Oh, oh, I mean like, but in my mind, I'm like, but I have to take a breath and take a big step back and say, no, man, that one was fun. And we covered this. And what about this? And somebody needed to hear that good word. But um, oh, see there, I did an um. Did you hear that? I acknowledge, I acknowledge the failure of the um and moved on. But self, developing self-esteem and self-confidence. And a lot of women out there are survivors and they, and we don't, and they're not right. as comfortable with right. sharing that as I am. Um, but, you know, that took a good fair bit of mm-hmm. counseling mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I'll be honest, sowing some oats sure. and then meeting my soulmate. So, you know, <laughs> we move on. But you are absolutely spot on with the self-esteem yes. leading to self We We cultivate our own confidence. So we have to be kind to ourselves. It's... It's okay. I mean, some days we're going to have more confidence than others. And it's unfortunate that women are prone to lower levels of it. Um, you know, it's like I give the I give the scenario about a job and you know, men wouldn't think twice about jumping in and qualifying or applying for a job if they're underqualified and underprepared. We as women, women, we may be overqualified and overprepared because we still hold ourselves back. And we think we do this uh, because we think we need to be perfect and we don't need to be perfect. Um, That is something that I talk a lot about with women um, because we're too hard on ourselves. We're just way too hard on ourselves. And we don't need to be perfect. We don't need to prove that, you know, we're better, better than the man or, you know, better than anybody else. Just be your authentic self and, and let that shine if it's in a, in a job interview or, or just at your job every day. Um, don't, don't beat yourself up about trying to be perfect because we don't need to be. Another, another thing I like to tell people too is, you know, how do, how else do we build confidence? And, you know, I mentioned earlier that our brains are unfortunately wired for negativity. Um, but we need to take stock and think about during those times where we're feeling a little low or we lack confidence, think about all of the achievements and the things that you've accomplished and the skills that you have that make make you who you are today. Um, I, I quite honestly keep a journal 
And I write down things every single day that have made me feel successful. And I look at it whenever I need a boost. And maybe, and I'm not saying, you know, the the successful thing you did that day was, uh, you know, <laughs> conquering the world. It might have been as simple as I made my bed today. <laughs> So I feel successful, <laughs> but, but I have two about- children and two dogs. Sometimes <laughs> doing the dishes means I kicked butt for the day, but like, <laughs> yes. So think about all those things that you do well. Think about your strengths. Um, you know, think about all of the people in your life that support you because women are really, really good at that. We are really good at building a support network. So who's in your corner? Um, I'm sure you've got friends and family, coworkers, people that support you. So think about, about those positive things in your life if you're having a day where you're just kind of feeling down and out. Because it's the little successes that will increase your confidence that will make a big difference over time. So I, I keep a box to your journal. I keep a box of cards or pictures or mementos that past patients or their loved ones have given me over the years or, um, every single student I have ever had. And this is an, a testimony to how Southern we are. Every single student has written me a thank you card and I have every single one of them in a box. And, and when I'm low, I go back and they're there. I mean, they're mixed in with my kids' drawings and, you know, those little things. This podcast is brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. SpeechTherapyPD.com is an engaging, evidence-based continuing education site that offers over 450 continuing education hours. The best part? The information garnered can be applied in therapy immediately. It's functional and fabulous without the hassle of trying to translate technical jargon from a research article. Can I entice you more? Well, then get your suntan lotion ready because next summer, SpeechTherapyPD.com is hosting a CEU cruise. That's right. July 27th through August 3rd of 2019, the amazing, delightful, and oh-so-kind Char Beauchart, M-A-C-C-C-S-L-P, will be the featured speaker for 12-plus continuing education hours on a cruise ship through Greece. That's right. You heard it right. Greece. Want to get the preview or want to catch a preview of the information she's going to share? Then tune into her pod course, The Speech Link, which is also eligible for continuing education through speechtherapypd.com. Maybe, oh, just maybe, I'll see y'all in Greece. That's wonderful. I mean, that's great. It doesn't matter if it's a box, a journal, uh, you know, whatever it is. But confidence is kind of like a muscle. And, and it's a muscle that you build. And it starts small. And you can move forward with that positive intention. And it builds and builds over time. Because nobody's born with it. It just it, it comes with experience and, and successes and failures. So, and, and we have to remember it's okay. It's okay. 
please, please tell me you have a book of all these fabulous quotes written down because I just kind of want to like print them off and like tape them. Oh. <laughs> Oh, like, well, I can write it down and send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, just email me. Just like, per- just start an email and like periodically be like, today you're going to kick it because you know why. And then like, I would sign up for that e-blast, just show up in my email in the morning, right next to my Jesus calling email every morning with like that inspirational <laughs> quote, Trevor's quote of the day. <laughs> it's actually well, a really I- good idea. You should do that. <laughs> I should. I really, really should. That's a great idea. That's a wonderful oh, hey, idea. Hey, See, I'm learning hey. from you too here today. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm get lucky. Okay, all right. So you've you labeled some pretty major and definitely hit more than three holdbacks, but you also covered the goal of all right. What do we do to fix it? But you touched on something that that I, I want to circle back to. We don't have to be perfect to apply for that leadership position. Right. Right. Absolutely. So folks, listen to that. You don't have to be perfect. If you want to be the rehab director and you're a female speech pathologist, well, then shake it up. It doesn't have to, unfortunately, always be a physical therapist because I don't know about you, but nine times out of 10, it is. That being said, I totally had the absolute best PT rehab manager ever, but like, I know I was an anomaly and that's okay, but like you can apply for that. You can apply for that next step upwards of being a special education director if you want, if you're a speech pathologist. You don't have to be the educational doctorate only. Go out on a limb and apply for it. And when I'm working with clients, I, I tell them this. I say, you need to take advantage of opportunities because they may never, ever come around again. And I truly believe that. I mean, I've put myself out there. Has everything gone my way? Heck no, they haven't. But I'm not afraid of that failing piece of it because at least I know that I tried. And you should always, if you really want to be in a leadership position, you should tell your superior at work, you know, hey, I really want to um, I want to work on my leadership skills. I'd like to advance my career. And, you know, so many companies today have mentors that you can work with. You know, maybe they'll assign you a mentor um, and, and not only observe their leadership skills, but observe how they, how they communicate. How do they dress? How is their etiquette? Are they, how do they treat people? That's really important too, having good professional etiquette and using manners, your pleases, your thank yous. Um, you know, do they encourage you to think outside the box? Because a good leader will always hire people or surround themselves with people that are different than they are. Because you don't want to be someone who hires a bunch of yes people right? You want to you wanna grow and change. And so a good leader will hire people that are different than them. Um, so dare to be different. It's okay. And have really good soft skills too. Those soft skills, your body language, um, your 
<laughs> I'm glad you explained that because I yeah. was like, what's a soft skill? Do I have a good soft skill? I have a soft tummy. Yeah. I have two children. <laughs> no, your soft skills are things, you know, your communication skills, your listening skills, your etiquette, um, your how you write, um, your how you dress. Um, you know, those are those are kind of that not that some of the nonverbal language things that that um, are are just as important as you know what you say. Okay, that that takes me to my next question. Talk to me about an image, and and this is let me let me tiptoe around this. I am uncomfortable asking as a female, not as a speech pathologist, but as a female about how do I create an image? Because I work with special babies Monday through Friday. Most days I come home with somebody else's vomited breast milk on my person. <laughs> and like, let's be honest, mascara and like looking pretty, they're not my go-to thing in the morning because my priority is, are my children dressed? Are their shoes on the correct feet? Because the three-year-old, nine times out of 10, not the case. And did they brush their teeth? Like I have, those are my goals to get out the door in the morning. I mean, I could step it up a notch, but that's, that's where I am. But the only time I put mascara on is Sunday if I'm going to church. And Pastor Tony will tell you I have missed a few. And when I'm lecturing. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's my reality. And I know when I get in a rut, because when I get in a rut, it always coincides with a lovely little box coming in the mail from my favorite personal clothes picker. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what is that called? Stitch Fix? Yes. But I totally knew the girl. She was a very dear friend, Mary Catherine. She's amazing and delightful. And she knows me and my comfort zone. And she sends me a box once a quarter that's $200 worth of clothes in it. And every single one of them fits. And it's funny how I get that box in the mail and I pull out this pretty dress that I would never have chosen and it fits like a glove. And I'm like, that is a skill that the ability to dress a person is an art form that I do not have. It's just amazing. So all that long tangent back to what is image and how do I step it up a notch without like waxing my toes in the morning? Yes. Well, think of image like your personal brand. And first impressions are made within three seconds, which literally is a blink of an eye. And your and your appearance will significantly shape the perception of you. So it's not just the clothes on your back. It's your hair. It's your nails. If you wear makeup, it, all of these things together tell a story about you. And this is really what your personal brand is. It's the image that you convey to other people. Now, granted, if you're going into homes and working with babies and such, I mean, you're not going to be wearing a three-piece suit. Um, You know, those days are long gone. And we live in a world today where athleisure has really taken over over the world. It's all about... What? What? What did you say? <laughs> athleisure. So what is that? Okay, so athleisure is is a combination of athletic wear and leisure wear. So for example, when you think about places like Athleta, Lululemon, um, Gap. 
Okay, um, I've heard those words. I know what those are. You know, so wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that my cool yoga mom pants that I wear when I'm not wearing scrubs are now a thing because that's awesome. It's it's <laughs> called athleisure. Yes, yoga pants, and and all of these brands have come up with um, it, athleisure to wear to work. So in your in your situation where you're doing home health or even in the hospitals, I know some hospitals you wear scrubs, but a lot of hospitals and skilled nursing facilities now allow athleisure to be worn. So that's yoga pants, um, zip ups, uh, little um, jackets. Uh, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's, I, but it's so. I'm just thinking, you know, I come home and I take off the scrubs and throw on a pair of joggers and like, yeah. now I'm cool. Yes. yes. I can honestly say in 35 years, I've never been considered cool. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting. <laughs> so those types of things, if you're, you know, you're crawling around on floors with, with babies or toddlers or, you know, preschoolers, and, and I've done that too, um, y- you know, being comfortable, uh, Doing that is it's 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 important now. We we all want to be comfortable and we want to look professional too. So going out to Athleta or Lululemon or some of those places where they specialize in in that kind of brand um, is wonderful. I love it. I live in mine. In fact, I was just at Athleta uh, two days ago. I love that store. I, I'm going to I'm going to do the Google. And see where in, in South Carolina we have one. And I feel like one of my girlfriends is like, Michelle, I've already told you about this, but you just don't listen because you're like, oh, that sounds expensive. But like you, yeah. the way you say it makes it sound cool. Okay. So image is important and snapshot decisions are a real thing. So what if, <laughs> and again, preface this carefully, what if that ship has come and gone and my superiors have seen me on the throw up no makeup day? Is there a way to build it back? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You can build it back. And so think about your image like a business card because it, it's the first thing that people really see about you. And if you, if, if you're not wearing Athleisure. So are you asking me like uh, what a business casual wardrobe might look like, Michelle? Well, um, yes, but I'm thinking like bigger picture. Like say, say you've been through like a personal rut and you're turning a page and on the way to finding yourself or redefining who you are. Um, I'm thinking like after the babies were little and when my oldest was like, Last summer, I was like ready to regain some of my own personal confidence. So TMI, I went through and threw away all my granny panties. <laughs> That's really embarrassing. But like I realized when I put those on, I felt fluffy and not self-confident. And I went through and threw away all well, – I didn't throw away. I donated the rest of my clothes that made me feel insecure. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And – that it sounds tiny, but like that purge helped me build self-confidence. And that's when I started doing um, the stitch of the fix. Um, and 
it's crazy how a good dress makes me feel more confident and makes me feel like I'm giving a better lecture or I'm giving a better presentation. Oh, absolutely. What steps would you recommend if somebody has come through a personal kerfluffle and wants to rebrand and improve their image? Um, What would you recommend? Right. Well, now I've... Yes, that's a good question. Now, I've worked with a lot of quote unquote soccer moms who are, you know, looking for an update. And many times in our lives, when we've had a significant event happen, whether it is uh, a divorce, a a new baby, um, you know, maybe you just got married. I mean, it could be anything, uh, or you turned fifty. Uh, you know, a significant birthday. Many times, what do what do women do? Okay, we we want to go out. We want to buy something new. We clean up our closet. We cut our hair. We get a makeover. We go on a diet. There's you know all of these things that that typically women will do. But one of the things that that I work with women on is closet purging. And so one rule of thumb is to go through your closet. If you have not worn it in the last year, you should get rid of it because you're you're probably not going to wear it. If you haven't worn that in a year, you're probably not going to wear it. And I know we all, I mean, I've worked with women who still have their high school jeans, you know, guest jeans from 1988 that are still hanging in their closet because they're going to lose that last 10 pounds. But they, I literally <laughs> still have that there. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> funny. And, and it's just, you know, it's like I tell them, okay, you can keep these jeans, but maybe let's just put them somewhere else. It's, it, it just signifies signifies a time in their life, maybe when they were happy, carefree, maybe they were skinnier. But if you do a closet purge where you get rid of all the stuff that's just hanging in there and you're not wearing it or you go out and you shop and you you buy this purple shirt and you bring it home and you look at your closet and you're like, what in the world am I going to wear? But you bought that shirt because, oh, it was on sale and it was a good buy. You know, we buy a lot of times on emotion and not for, for necessity. And I think that's fine. It's fun to do. We all need a little retail therapy once in a while. Uh, but once you get your closet cleaned up and get rid of all those dated items or, you know, things that just don't work and set up a capsule closet. And what I mean by capsule closet is working within a much smaller wardrobe and having the essentials, which is probably a whole nother conversation for another day, but, but working with two or three core colors and then building a smaller active closet using those core colors. So if your colors are gray, black, and, uh, you know, plum or red, and you go out and you buy that purple shirt, what in the world am I going to wear with that? So you you learn. I teach people how to clean up their closet for one. I teach them how to shop, number two. And from there, if she's a businesswoman, you know, then we, we talk about items that she should ha- have 
for business casual, casual and professional. If she's not a businesswoman and she's she's a mom that just wants you know an updated, fresh wardrobe, we talk about things that um, that that she may like. You know, maybe it's she wears a lot of athleisure for one, or she needs uh, clothes to wear to church, or things like that. So. We could go in all different areas with that, but um, getting a closet that is cleaned up, knowing what your body shape is, and dressing for your body shape, uh, and learning how to shop, I mean, those are all things that um, are very fun to do and and very valuable, and in the long run, it saves you time in the end. Okay, so- Because you're not searching that closet and you can't find anything. Let's just go with next time I sweet talk you back to South Carolina, you just swing by my little red house on the corner and, <laughs> and um, I would I would love to. I will I will treat you to a nice glass of mommy juice and you can purge my closet and we can um, work on the image and expanding beyond um, gray, black and red. <laughs> Okay. All right. I just that I, sounds awesome. I looked at her time, and um, we have spent it. So um, let me um, a couple of points before we switch over to questions. Um, if one of our listeners wants to reach you directly to discuss, um, like a couple of things: one, your own personal experiences with the ASHA Leadership Program, or to discuss their style, image, um, or I mean, I know you struck a chord with me talking about like the confidence and um, building. How do these people reach you directly? Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Well, go to my website. It's just www.trevagraves.com. All of my information is on my website. Um, Lots of things we talked about today. If you want to email directly, it's just Treva at trevagraves.com. I, I'll promise you I'll get back to you that very day you email me. I'm always on my email and always on social media. So you can find me on all of the social media links, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, just enter my name and there I am. So you can find me there. See, I love you. This is awesome. All right. Now, before before we switch over to questions, um, I have to thank a woman in my corner, one of my former students, Miss Sarah, who I'm quite confident is listening. Um, woman, you encouraged me to go out in a limb and apply for the ASHA Leadership Program. And I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't have said, you can do this. So thank you. Um for being um, being a source of encouragement for me. Um, to the source ladies, we called ourselves that because if you want to see change in the world, then you have to be the source of change. Women, thank you for an awesome, awesome year together. And I have to make the shameless plug for the ASHA Leadership Program. You, you listening, driving like a maniac to work because you're late for like the 50th time, or maybe you're listening while guzzling down your coffee because the kiddos had you up all night long. Did you two sleep in a um, race car bed last night? Um, Our profession needs you. We need volunteers. We need leaders that have creative ideas for about how to take the world of speech pathology forward. 
you may not think you can hack it as a leader now, um, but trust me, the ASHA Leadership Program, it's going to rock your world. Maybe change your stars because it'll give you the tools you need to be a leader. So check it out, apply. And when you do, um, tell them um, some of the lit is from the source said hi, but more importantly, tell them we said thank you because I don't know about you, Treva, but um, it it rocked me in a most awesome way. Yes, it definitely did me too. I, I highly recommend this program. It opened up my eyes tremendously. Um, and even, even just meeting you, Michelle, and, and the Source Gals and having this experience together, it, it's amazing. And so I definitely encourage all of you to um, give it a shot. Go for it. So, all right. Well, there it is. Be the source of change, women. Be ladylike and lean in. And uh, Miss Treva, hang on. I'm going to switch over to questions. Okay? Sounds great. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, babe. Okay, folks. It is no big secret that I am a Virginia girl, but have relocated, transplanted, and fallen in love with my Palmetto State of South Carolina. As such, I have had the pleasure of serving on my state association for the last several years. And this coming February, February 7th through 9th, it is the South Carolina Speech-Language Hearing Association's 61st convention. And our convention is being held at the Hyatt Regency in Greenville, South Carolina, the first time learning at the falls. And it's no big surprise or secret that I am plugging everybody to come check out Skisha in Greenville, South Carolina, dun, 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 February 7th through 9th, 2019. On that note, I am going to be very candid and very honest. I am a domestic abuse survivor from my ex-husband. It was a long, fearful at times, but now courageously brave walk that I would not have gotten where I am if it wasn't for the grace of my Lord and the support of my village. So for everybody out there, please, if you are able to make it to Skisha, bring with you some household goods. This year, Skisha is partnering with Sister Care, which is a local nonprofit organization that it supports domestic abuse victims turned survivors and their children. We are gladly taking uh, monetary donations for them as well as toiletries, no clothes please, uh, but linens, bed sheets, towels, and, and toys for children. So if you're coming, come get your nerd on, come get your geek on, come celebrate the joy that it is for our profession. But all the while, do it with a giving heart and bring donations for sister care. I look forward to our first time learning at the falls with you. See you in February. That's a wrap, folks. Once again, thank you for listening to First Bite, fed, fun, and functional. I'm your humble but yet sassy host, Michelle Dawson, the All Things Peds SLP. 
This podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through speechtherapypd.com. Please check out the website if you'd like to learn more about CEU opportunities for this episode, as well as the ones that are archived. And as always, remember, feed your mind, feed your soul, be kind, and feed those babies.